Welcome, everybody, to the Nick's Infinite Playlist Podcast, a show where we always talk about something because something's always on. I'm your host, Nick Hogan, and with me this week is a very special guest, Tim Gerstenberger. Tim, introduce yourself to the people. Hey, everybody. I'm very excited to be here today. Uh, so Nick and I go back a few years. Um, we work together on um, writing on a TV website, so we both share that passion for television. So I'm really excited to share my thoughts on some of the things that we're going to be discussing today. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to thank you, Tim, for coming on, and uh, I'm really excited. Yeah, so, same here. I, I, it's, it was nice that we actually finally got to um, have a conversation with each other um, face-to-face, if you will, via um, video chat. Yeah, yeah, and we, uh, you know, we corresponded for a few years since we worked for the same site, um, but we never really had a chance to talk. So um, now twice or so in a week's time, that's pretty great. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, jumping right in here, the uh, we we've bonded over our love for TV and something that's uh, that's currently on that I'm I'm currently reviewing for it for a new site um, is Superstore. Uh, so, Superstore is just about to air its last episode of the year. Um, they stopped production a week early because of all of the happenings in the world, um, and then. So now they're about to air this last episode and America Ferrera is leaving the show. So um, what do you think? How, how are you feeling about Superstore lately? So Superstore is definitely one of my top current shows on TV. Love the cast. It reminds me very much of, you know, some other workplace comedies that I've really enjoyed in recent years, Office, Parks and Rec. So mm-hmm. love that type of humor. Um, definitely sad to see, you know, America Ferreira leaving the series, um, you know, by watching, um, you know, this week's episode that was on, they kind of point in a direction of where we can kind of see that character potentially going. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that, um, you know, this will still be resolved, you know, if, if we're ever able to go back into production for, you know, the next season. Right. So it sounds like I've read some articles where, um, so Ben Feldman directed an episode recently yes. and he said he made it sound like America Ferrera was going to come back and resolve her storyline. Um, but they stopped. This is the craziest part to me is that they stopped production. Um, and so they're only going to air through, you know, 21 instead of 22. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the title of 21 is California part one. Yeah. <laughs> so if part two, I guess, I mean, I guess they'll just have to hold until, you know, and they have to resolve it first thing. Or um, it would be really weird to have California part two air in like the middle of the next season, uh, I think. But, <laughs> you know, um, so I just think it's really an interesting problem to bring up because we don't see it that often. Um, but. America Ferrera had decided to leave and then they were like, okay, well, we're going to write her out of the show. And then they get to the end, but then they don't get to finish producing those episodes. So I just think it's really, it's really interesting, but it's also really sad in a way just because of all of the happenings in the world. Yeah, definitely. And the reason America was leaving, correct me if I'm wrong, was because she wanted to focus more on, on raising her family because she currently is pregnant with her second child, right? That's correct. Yes. Um, as far as I know, I that's what I've heard and read is that she's stepping away because she's got a growing family. 
Yeah. So, and I'm not too sure when her due date is. So I wonder if, you know, when they go back into production, that that would kind of be like the, the first thing that they tackle so she can get back to, you know, raising family or she's going to want to, you know, be on uh, some sort of maternity leave before she finishes that one episode. And we might just be kind of up in the air with everything. Right. And I, I think um, Ben Feldman, whatever interview I read, I wish I could credit it right now. So on the off chance that those people are listening, I'm really sorry. Uh, <laughs> It was, it's complicated because America's pregnant, but she intends to come back and finish the storyline. It's just a matter of when because of the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so I guess it really just depends on when they can get her back in there uh, to do whatever they need to do. Maybe they can get her on, maybe she leaves and they resolve it via video message or I don't know. Um, Yeah. It may not be seen, but uh so so uh pivoting just slightly i did also want to mention some of the good episodes that they've had this year or in particular the one that aired most recently um, yeah definitely <laughs> customer safari uh-huh, uh-huh. Is, is one of my favorites because okay so i worked um on and off during college i worked at a kmart store and there's there's no danger of me spilling any trade secrets because that store has been closed for five years. Yes. Um, <laughs> surprise, surprise. But there's a lot of stuff that happens on Superstore that I can just like wholly relate to. Mm-hmm. And the customer safari thing is probably, is one of the top like, oh, it's just so, it's so rooted in truth because people wear crazy things to the store all the time. And... I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's like that people of Walmart website where you can see pretty much all those things that they were looking to um, get all that the money for. Yeah. And I, I even mentioned that in my most recent review was that it's a, it's a riff on people of Walmart because um, I mean, it has to be, you know, you could take those pictures and easily just upload them to a website like that. So what was the craziest thing that you saw when you were working at Kmart? <laughs> I, have, I have this one, this one really great story that I like to tell. Um, and so I, I was, when I was in college, I worked in electronics and I was, I would cover like layaway and the cashier. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I came out of college, they made me a supervisor. So, you know, I was working there while I was trying to find a, a more permanent gig and so I'm there at the service desk one day and our manager is just really, she probably has the worst people skills of anyone I've ever met. Like how <laughs> that woman made it that far. I have no idea. So <laughs> there's this guy that comes into the store and he says, you have this thing in your ad. Um, and it's a, like an inflatable, like pirate ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of like, uh, it should be with like the inflatable pools or pool toys or something like that. But so, um, so our computer said we had three of them, but we didn't have any. So we couldn't find them anywhere. You know, we tell the guy we don't have them. It's not good enough for him. Cause he says it's in your ad. I want it. Um, so <laughs> first of all, there's, I, there's something about this guy. He's, he's in a wheelchair, and he's yelling at us and he, he's, um, he's only got one leg. And mm-hmm. so he's, he's yelling at my boss. He really wants this inflatable pirate ship for his grandkids or whoever. And so this woman who has no people skills eventually just kowtows to this guy and decides to drive all the way to Louisville the next morning to pick them up for him. 
Oh gosh. But so he just like he for a good ten minutes, I'm standing by while he verbally abuses this woman to no end. And like she you know, she had no people skills, but also like he should not have done that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not defending either person in this situation. Um, cause she, she also was just like, she was talking down to him because she had no people skills. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so this all finally resolved. She's beat red. She promises to go get them from the Louisville store in the morning to meet her back here, uh, two days from now. And so he leaves and I'm in charge of the cashiers and they're all just like staring at me like, what do we do now? Like, this was the craziest thing we've seen. And I said, um, did anyone else notice that the guy with one leg was looking for a pirate ship? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, just, it broke the tension perfectly. Um, but that's, that's one of my favorite stories just cause I was like, you know, it's, if the guy had a peg leg, it would have been, <laughs> it would have been a perfect story. That would have been totally something that would have been on this last episode of Superstore <laughs> for them to totally see. That would have totally oh, yeah. been written in. Yeah, that's and that's what like some of my favorite retail memories are just with the craziest customers that you see. Oh, for sure. Uh, and that's my in, favorite one. Yeah, I worked in the restaurant industry for, you know, almost 10 years. So I definitely, you know, you run into, you know, all walks of life in that type of industry. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I was a server at a restaurant briefly before before I went to work at Kmart. So um yeah, I can really relate. And that part, that's part of what I like about Superstore is that it's obviously somebody on their writing staff has worked retail because mm-hmm. you can just tell like somebody who's worked retail before is like, Hey, this is exactly like when I used to work in retail. And, um, it's, it's really kind of amazing. And they, the characters are so, um, grounded in reality, even the ones that are more ridiculous, um, <laughs> there's still, you know, you still like, uh, the assistant manager who has no people skills like Dina. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's, uh, there's all kinds. And it's, it's at first it was like, it was almost triggering for me to watch it because I had some bad experiences at Kmart, but it's also, um, I just can't say enough how well done it is because yes. it, it captures that part of life so perfectly. And I've learned to laugh at it now because it's so um, true to life and reminds me of a simpler time. Yeah. Do you um, still get to the point where you're having um, nightmares about being back at Kmart and there's like way too many people there and you're like trying to cash people out and (laughs) no one's there to help you? Because I have those like very frequently from when I was working in the restaurant that tables just keep coming in and no one's there (laughs) to help. And like, I I'm just walking around, but I'm not really doing anything. And then I wake up like in a sweat. (laughs) Um, I did have those for a while. I don't really anymore. Um, I do like, so I worked when I first worked there and I was covering like electronics and layaway um, to get, to the lay at the layaway counter, we had a bell because I wouldn't mm-hmm. just stand behind the layaway counter. I had to cover the other sections too. So I would hear this ding and I would know to go to the layaway counter. Right. Uh, sometimes when I hear a bell like that, I'll, you know, like twitch a little bit. Uh, just, <laughs> you know, like it still is like the bell. Um, I haven't worked there since I left my, I stayed on part-time when I got my first job at the bank and I, I left in September of 2012 for good. Um, and then, 
so like that was eight years ago almost. And I still, when I hear a bell, that's the first thing I think of is that I have to go to layaway. Um, <laughs> so, so I can kind of relate. I don't have the dreams anymore. I did, but uh, the, uh, the service bell still gets me, <laughs> especially when they'll ring it several times in a row. Uh, whew, man, that was rough. Have they had any um, layaway stories on Superstore yet? I don't recall any. Um, I feel like they've maybe mentioned it in passing, but it's also not a huge um, thing anymore. Yeah, it's not as common as it used to be. Um, you can tell that they're riffing on like Walmart and Target a little bit, and it, Walmart still does it around Christmas time, I think. Um, I actually am pretty sure that they brought it back just to crush Kmart. Uh, to, to find to finally squish them all the way into the ground because really to be honest with you that's how Kmart survived so long it's because they had lots of layaway business mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then you know they'd pay some of it and people they wouldn't continue to pay on them so they'd get put back and then they'd be able to sell those items again and that's how Kmart made their kept their business alive for a long time but um <laughs> So I don't think Superstore's any, done anything like that, um, but you know, there's they're coming back for season six. So uh, who knows? Yeah, Superstore writers, if you're listening to this podcast, there's an idea <laughs> for you. Exactly. Um, so on that a little bit, they're renewed for season six, um, but it wasn't until after that renewal was issued that America Ferrera says that she's leaving the show. So, what do you think? Um, how do you think the show continues without her? So I really, I love America Ferreira. Um, I think she's a great actress. I, mm-hmm. But I really think it's the supporting cast on this show is that's what keeps the people interested because mm-hmm. of their ex, them being so eccentric, which, you know, America re- really generally plays the straight person a lot. Right. In doesn't she's funny, but she doesn't get enough, a lot of laughs that the rest of the cast may get just from right. them being crazy characters. So I, I see if they can potentially get another person to kind of fill that void. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it will be helpful in, in, in the in the series. We'll still be able to go on for a few more seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, very similar to to the Office. Though no one could really put you know fill the void of Steve Carell they were able to like pull it together for a couple more seasons I can see that potentially being what happens with Superstore they replace America with some other you know phenomenal actress and then maybe they can keep the show going for you know maybe two or three more seasons yeah yeah I agree with you I think um she's definitely the straight man and I and I don't think um I think that in order to keep it going there needs to be somebody that is a straight man that audiences can get invested in because mm-hmm. you know even while amy was was married and was going through a divorce and then started dating jonah um you know people were invested in her, in her they Definitely. were invested in her story and so you know um i can see them being entertained by the cast without her um but i don't see the show staying grounded very long in that situation mm-hmm. uh, so if they, if they just try to go on without her like oh well you know we're gonna make Dina the manager and Glenn the assistant manager and promote a new floor supervisor from the cast we already have. That's a bad idea. Um, Agreed. They at least need to have somebody, somebody in a position of authority that's um, straight, you know, that plays most things not for laughs. Um, 
they need an Andy Griffith terribly. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, um, cause otherwise, you know, season six may be it if they don't replace her and replace her well. Mm-hmm. And that may be hard to do. Of, do you have any thoughts of who that would, could be? Um, I really don't. Um, I, I just, I can't get Amy out of my head there. Um, I know. Right. It's, so it's hard to think of a, a replacement. Um, Cause, but the rest of them are so quirky that they can't really step up to fill that role. Um, I still think, I think Jonah's the second most normal person in that store. Yes, um, uh, definitely. But I don't think that, uh, I, I, don't, I still don't think he's the, he could be maybe, but I don't think that they're going to head that direction all of a sudden. Um, so, you know, I, I have no idea. Um, Diane was able to successfully leave Cheers, but she was wasn't really they somehow still managed to make that work Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and so like i kind of see that as the most comparable to america leaving is uh is diane leaving cheers but it'd be more like sam leaving cheers in this situation and i don't think that yeah yeah that's a good point so i think they've got to get somebody who's at least um you know a tv veteran somebody that has some name recognition, um, you know, maybe even the potential to bring in more viewers. Yeah. But I, uh, it's gotta be something. Yeah. I was thinking, I was like trying to think of like who would be a potential good replacement. And I was thinking that um, I could see Kristen Bell being in a character like that where oh, she yeah. can play that straight person. And, you know, the with the good place being done, um, she definitely has the name recognition. She definitely, you know, I don't, you know, when you, when you see her posts on like Instagram or Facebook, there isn't anyone ever really bad mouthing her. It seems like everybody really loves Kristen Bell. So mm-hmm. if she's listening and she, and, and she <laughs> needs another job, well, we placed her for herself. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I would, um, I'd love to explore further at some point, just, uh, you know, who could possibly replace her? Do you think they're going to replace her? Um, that's some, some questions that probably won't get answered until, um, you know, at least until they know whether they're going back into production soon or not. Yeah. Because really they would be probably slated to go back to work. What in the July timeframe generally? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so who really knows what's going to happen? Uh, some people think that, um, if there's a peak in the crisis soon, um, uh, then it'll start to taper off and then we could be back to work soon you know there's still maybe larger events wouldn't be on but um you know work would be different and so i think there's a possibility that at least the fall television schedule you know is is on as planned but mm-hmm. um it's really just so hard to say yeah and when you think of like um tv shows and how many people it takes to work on a tv show you know that's like 200 people right. potentially all on set at the same time and that might not be plausible yeah, and it, it really just depends, you know, if if the CDC says you can safely have two to three hundred people in a, in the same place again, um, you know, the, you'll start to see more of those shows starting their production up again. Mm-hmm. But until that happens, and it's it's impossible to say when, um, you know, it's there's lots of shows that have been affected by it, and this is just a really unique and interesting situation. Definitely. Um, 
so I think that was all, all of my thoughts I got out on Superstore. Did you have anything you want to add? Uh, I think we covered a lot, but who, who's your favorite character on Superstore? So who do you like to write about when you're doing your reviews? Um, so I really like, I end up writing about Jonah a lot because he makes me cringe a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because, and that's like my least favorite part of the show. Um, but I think my favorite, the one who makes me laugh the most, um, is Garrett. Oh yeah. (laughs) He's just, uh, he's really got that nonchalant, uh, comedic timing thing down. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I really like the way he interacts with other people. He's, he's had a couple of interactions with Mateo over the last couple episodes. Yes, he has. (laughs) They work really well together. Um, but I really don't have any bad things to say about any of them. I think, uh, Nico Santos, uh, who plays Mateo is really great. Um, I think Cheyenne, Nicole Bloom is really great. Uh, they all do a really good job. They're definitely a talented group. Agreed. Yes, definitely. Uh, what about you? Uh, I definitely have always, um, loved Cheyenne. Um, <laughs> just like how crazy she is and like she 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 doesn't really necessarily have a filter when she um is you know calling someone out and i really love the interactions with her and mateo um i just think that um they're kind of like the mean girls of the (laughs) of the store and it's just kind of funny to watch that all unfold yeah uh okay so so who's your favorite uh like recurring character that's not on all the time um, that's a good question. Um, I really do like Carol. Because <laughs> she's so crazy and all the things that she does. So I really oh, loved man. the last episode prior to this one where she was back to work and then yes. like everyone was apologizing to her. <laughs> um, just like those out of the, like, you know, those people that definitely would not be, have a job in real life if they were doing things like that. Just like that off the wall humor is just, I really enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I said it in my review of that episode that like, who man, like I, as a viewer who roots for the other characters, I hate Carol. <laughs> but Irene White, who plays her, does a fantastic job. Yes. Like she's absolutely incredible. Um. So I, I asked that because when you said Cheyenne, I was like, oh, I have to talk about this. Um, so my favorite recurring character is Bo, Cheyenne's Oh, husband. yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Every, every episode he's in is just elevated just because he's there. Um, like the one where he did the customer rehabilitation or the, the rehabilitation class so that he could shop uh-huh. the store again. And he, <laughs> he was like, I saw this huge gray thing and I thought it was a manatee and I checked it out and it was just a, like, it was just a tent or whatever. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, <laughs> oh man, every time he's on there, I just, oh, he's so good. Like I would not complain if they put him on the show permanently. Maybe he'll replace Amy. <laughs> that would it would definitely be more entertaining. I don't know if it would be uh, sustainable, but it would uh-huh. be more entertaining. Uh, anything else you want to add about Superstore? Uh, just that I love it, and um, I'm excited to see next week's episode. Even though it is going to be like a kind of like a double cliffhanger, because now we're not seeing the finale, and I'm sure the finale was going to have some type of cliffhanger as well, but. Um, and then excited to see what happens in season six. 
Yeah, yeah, same here. I, I think uh, I think it's obvious where they're going with the finale since America Ferrera is leaving the show, but, um, you know, it's still going to suck to not get to see all of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, love the show. Can't wait for the next one. So moving on, uh, next is the segment called Infinite Playlist, and that's dedicated to our most recent favorite things. This is especially important during um, – during quarantine where people are looking for things to do, looking for recommendations. So I have a simple question for you, Tim, what are you loving right now? So, you know, with us kind of being home a lot more often than we had been, mm-hmm. I've been binging a lot of different shows because I, it's really hard for me to just watch one show at a time mm-hmm. when I can maybe be watching three or four and be flipping back to them, like watching maybe like three or four episodes. Yeah. So, um, Everyone had been talking about how great Shit's Creek was. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is finally the time for me to, you know, jump on the bandwagon. That was, you know, I'm only five years behind everybody else. <laughs> um, so I, it's on Netflix. So, you know, I started season one, um, you know, about a week ago. And I've, um, you know, I'm, I'm through season one right now. So I'm definitely, you know, if you haven't watched it, it mm-hmm. you know, what everyone says is true. It is very funny. I love that type of humor. So, um looking forward to seeing, you know, the, 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 the whole series, um, which it's kind of cool. Cause I'll be able to potentially binge the whole thing now, instead of having to wait for, you know, seasons to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also watching, um, nurse Jackie. Um, that is also on Netflix. Um, I'm through the first three seasons of that show. Um, okay. so it's definitely has that darker side of humor. Um, so it's definitely, um, been keeping my interest. Um, definitely, um, Edie Falco is a a very talented actress. So she's definitely, you know, um, doing a great job leading that show. Yeah. Um, I also started watching um, Baby Daddy. Um, Mm -hmm. So um, never had watched that either. That's on Hulu that I'm binging that. Um, I'm, you know, I'm only about four or five episodes into the first season. But one of the reasons why I really wanted to watch that show was because of the other show that I'm binge watching right now. And Nick, you're probably... What, what I'm talking about. I'm mm-hmm. rewatching Reba. So um, <laughs> the 2001 to 2007 series that stars Reba McIntyre. Um, I was a fan of it when it was on originally, and I'm actually watching that on DVD. So I have probably about a hundred different TV shows on DVD, um, mm-hmm. the whole series, and I just randomly decided to pick one to watch, um, and that happened to be it. So I'm already through. Um, I'm already like. Uh, few episodes into season three um so i'll probably get that done in the next week or two awesome uh that's awesome so uh first of all you're not the first person to come on this podcast and and tell me to watch schitt's creek um because i have uh i've had a guest on a couple of times her name's mary uh so hey mary if you're listening uh hi mary and she, <laughs> she is uh, a very avid Shit's Creek fan and I told her now I have more time so I uh I may start that soon I'm in the middle of a couple of shows myself much in the same way um that you are and I was also going to add that uh I love <laughs> I loved Reba growing up or you know I was in like middle school and high school when it aired mm-hmm. um and Van is my one of my all-time favorite sitcom characters um and so I, there's some some Reba moments that I still like quote all the time. Yeah. Uh, and that's also on Hulu. So if people are looking to get oh, in on great. that, um, Reba is on Hulu. So 
Um, thank you for sharing all of that. Um, there's a lot of good stuff there. So, uh, mine right now I'm, I'm doing kind of the same thing. I'm bouncing back and forth between several things. Um, I finished a few things right out of the gate when I first started working from home, I had a lot of extra time. Um, so I'm only going to talk about one of them now cause I'm spreading it out over a few podcast episodes. Um, so I started recently started watching really for the first time through, uh, Seinfeld. Nice. Um, Good choice. So I've, I, I had seen episodes, you know, I would turn on TBS in the evenings, um, in high school or whatever, and I, and they would be on. Um, so I've not, it's not like I've never seen an episode of Seinfeld, but I haven't really given it a full watch. I've never seen every episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So right now I'm in, I just got into season four where they were, uh, where they pitched the show. That's the show about nothing. Yeah. That's where the show about yeah. nothing thing came from. Uh, just about Jerry's life. You know, it's very, uh, very meta. Um, and the only thing that I have to say about it is that I, um, <laughs> I mentioned earlier that, that Jonah makes me uncomfortable sometimes on Superstore. And um, George is starting to make me really uncomfortable oh, on yes. Seinfeld. Um, but I, <laughs> it's, it's really funny. Um, and I just recently watched the episode where they, they hijacked the, um, the limousine and it turned out to be for the, for the Nazi from Chicago. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that, that was, that was a really good use of George's, um, brash personality. Yeah. Uh, but some of the other ones like the, like the deal with NBC and stuff like that. I'm just like, Oh my gosh, George, shut up. Um, but overall it's been a wild ride. Um, I think Kramer's probably my favorite though. Oh yeah. Yeah. Kramer's good. <laughs> um, I was always a, a, a big fan of, um, Elaine. Yeah. And really they're all, they're all good. Um, mm-hmm. and I, they just, you know, middle of season three is the first time you see Newman. Um, and it's, it's the first time you see him. They talk about him before that. Um, and I really like the Jerry Newman Kramer dynamic uh-huh uh just because that's that's like it embraces the silliness that is life and that is the show uh and that's what i like the most so if you haven't seen seinfeld uh it's on hulu every episode and um, i have all and i have all the dvds too <laughs> good to know. yeah well, i was gonna say if if uh if Hulu crashes and the apocalypse is nigh, then maybe get in touch with Tim and see if you can borrow his DVDs. Right? I know I should start lending them out in case that happens. Yeah. Extra catch on the side. Exactly. Uh, you can host watch parties on zoom. You know, you can share yeah. your screen and share your computer audio and people can just watch it from your computer. Um, <laughs> so, like that idea. so that's infinite playlist. That's what we're loving right now. Um, and did you have anything else you want to add there, Tim? Uh, no, I think, um, I'm glad that you're watching Seinfeld all the way through. Um, you know, the first two seasons are a little hard to get through, but then, you know, I think it really does hit its stride starting in the third or fourth season. So now you're gonna, it's gonna just be an easy ride till the end. Yeah. I've, I noticed that I laugh out loud a lot more in season three. And so mm-hmm. I'm just, yeah, I'm just now four or five episodes into season four. I was, I was just watching it a little bit before we started this. And so, while we're on that topic too, I, I always think when I watched the first season of Seinfeld, I was like, if this was on TV today, would it have actually have been renewed? Because I really feel like it probably wouldn't have. Right. And it, it's, it seems like 
when you read the story of it, it's you think about it now and you're like, Oh man, this is a miracle that it even made it to season two mm-hmm. because of the way that they kind of, you know, they bumped it and bumped it and moved it around. And, and there were only what, like five or six episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just seems like, you know, what, knowing what we know about how networks operate today, it just doesn't seem like it would have had a shot, you know, that they're, they're not really, some of them are still very, feel very strongly about building an audience. Um, but, you know, they, they don't all feel that. Mm-hmm. And so some of them are just like, ah, eh, it didn't get the numbers. Let's, we don't think we can build an audience here. Um, but somebody obviously believed that they could and gave it another shot. And then it really did build an audience. You know, the ratings were insane after it really got cooking. Exactly. Yep. So, um, but you know, it's, it's hard to imagine that happening today where somebody says, um, you know, we only did five or six episodes and the ratings were modest, but I really think this can be a hit. We just need to keep trying. And I, I just don't, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of where that might've happened recently. I'm just not getting anything, you know? Um, <laughs> I can't yeah, think of I know I'm trying to think too, a, and I can't really, um, there are still yeah. shows that have been pushed like all the way to summer that, that were renewed and then put on the fall schedule. Um, mm-hmm. But it still happens. It happens very rarely. Um, like well, like Superstore started out as a mid season show. Yeah, um, it did. And then it got renewed and put on the fall schedule. Um, and it's been a mainstay ever since. And so that's, that's probably the closest thing I can think of um, just in terms of kind of built an audience you know, it didn't always start. It didn't start out uh, at the top. Yeah. But you're right. I don't think that, uh, I'm not sure that Seinfeld would have happened in today's world. Mm-hmm. But uh, thank goodness it did, right? Yes. Very thankful that we had that to watch. <laughs> um, okay. So, that will lead us to our final segment. Um, so finally, it's time to bust out those ecto coolers and dunkaroos for a segment that I call I Heart the 90s, a time to reflect on all things nostalgia from our favorite bygone era. So um, when talking with Tim about what we were going to do here, um, we, Tim's got a real soft spot for 90s television, and, and so do I. Um, so we decided to talk about um, a season of our, one of our favorites from growing up, Saved by the Bell. So uh, Saved by the Bell season one was preceded by a show called Good Morning, Miss Bliss. And Good Morning, Miss Bliss was very different. It was about the teachers and it was not about the students. And so, and they also lived in Indiana where I live now. Yeah, they did. (laughs) And then um, miraculously, the first season of Saved by the Bell was set in California um, with the same principal and some of the same kids. So uh, they just decided you know, what they were originally doing, Good Morning Miss Bliss wasn't really working and that they needed to shake it up. And they made it more of like a Saturday morning kind of thing. And they put um, some new characters on it. So they had Zach and Lisa and Screech on the show already. Uh, and then they added Slater, Kelly and Jesse. And they made what's, what's now considered. So when you're on Hulu, it says that this is Saved by the Bell season two. But what's season one on Hulu is actually Good Morning, Miss Bliss. And that's pretty obvious if you start to watch it. 
And when you watch those episodes, since I haven't actually seen it on Hulu, Nick, do they have the Miss Bliss episodes with Zach talking at the start of them, like introducing it like they are Saved by the Bell episodes? I didn't watch them. Um, I know they replaced the title sequence with the Saved by the Bell theme song. Um, But that's all I know because I haven't watched them all the way through. Gotcha. Because I just remember when I was growing up and would watch, you know, say by the bell in the morning and they would always have those Miss Bliss episodes on Zach would always do some type of intro, like yeah. to kind of like bridge the gap between the shows. And I mm-hmm. always remember hating that because I hated watching the Miss Bliss episodes so much. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think, um, you know, I think that their idea with Miss Bliss is not a bad idea for a television show necessarily. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's not, it's not really saved by the bell. It's not really the same thing at all. So it's really just, it's kind of weird. Um, and I, I'd be willing to bet that they do have the intros from Zach on there, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. Um, and um, something too that you did, you hadn't touched on was um, those Miss Bliss episodes were originally on the Disney channel. Oh yeah. I didn't even know yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, Haley Mills had that huge, you know, relationship with Disney and, and I yeah. think that's kind of how she was casting that. And then, you know, um, once it didn't work work through, then NBC kind of took it over and then re-changed, you know, all those things that you already mentioned. But yeah, I did Miss, Good Morning Miss Bliss was on the Disney Channel. Wow. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I mean, I, I knew that that's how Haley Mills was famous um, because she was in like the original Parent Trap and uh, Pollyanna. Um, but I didn't realize that the original was on the Disney Channel. So that's that's really interesting. Um and it, I, I always like now it's a joke. So like uh, when they revived, they did that Saved by the Bell sketch on Jimmy Fallon a few years back. You remember that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it started with, you know, Zach Morris, the character being interviewed on Jimmy Fallon. And he was like, then after, you know, then I moved out to California with my two best friends and my high school principal. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, so it turned into kind of a big joke. Like we moved it to California. We didn't really say anything about it. Um, but it's just, it's just a really interesting way to start the show. And it's, it's so interesting to me that it's iconic now. And that when you talk about Good Morning Miss Bliss, people are like, what? Because <laughs> uh, they just don't know. And then they'll occasionally like see a rerun of it and be like, what is this? Like it's, it's Saved by the Bell, but I don't remember this. Uh-huh. Because uh, there's no Kelly and there's no Slater. Um, so the whole thing is really interesting. So that's a really long explanation to say that what Tim and I watched was the original season one was after it converted to Saved by the Bell and it's and Zach Morris was the star and not a side character to Haley Mills' Miss Bliss. Um, so there are 16 episodes in there um, that aired in 1989 and 1990. Um, there's, there's quite a bit of memorable stuff in here, you know, um, so my, the, the first one is the one where they have the dance contest at the max and Casey Kasem hosts it. So their first episode of Saved by the Bell officially has Casey Kasem in it. Um, and then they don't do the origin story for Slater until way later. You know, they, they tell the tale of how Slater came to town, but it's, but it's much later in the season. So, yeah, it's like one of, the, one of the last, if not the last episode or so of season one. Yeah, and it has like a brief voiceover of Zach saying, "I'll never forget the day Slater came" or something like that to kind of like bridge the gap of these episodes are really aired 
out of order for the most part of season one. And you can really tell because Zach's hair gets a lot longer. Like he doesn't cut it. So there'll be an episode where he has his really short hair and then it'll go to one where his hair is really long and then it's back to short and you can just kind of tell. Mm -hmm. There isn't a whole lot of continuity errors that you see. It's more that just, you can tell, and they're kind of growing up a little bit too. Um, You can see it um, with Zach uh, and Screech growing up a little bit more um, out of sequence that way. Yeah, yeah, and it's you could tell that the the one where Slater comes to town is more of a like that was more of a pilot, but it, that it aired out of order. Um, and really, back then, they were I believe they were airing this on on Saturdays, um, or at least they were airing reruns on Saturdays. And I'm thinking that they must have been thinking that's where their audience is coming from, mm-hmm. uh, because that's not really something that people were watching religiously you know saturday mornings were very leisurely in their minds yeah people weren't saying oh this is the next episode they were just like oh there's a save by the bell on Mm -hmm. um and you can tell that they're kind of all separate stories that they're they're very loosely serialized but almost there's almost no serialization to it at all It's, it's very standalone yeah, and I was thinking one of the reasons maybe why that episode with Casey Kasem was the first one was because they were trying to attract a teenage audience. Casey Kasem was hosting that weekly Top 40. Yeah. That that would have been a big draw to potentially get that younger audience to kind of tune into this new format of Saturday morning live-action TV. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Because that, that, that would be the equivalent of having, getting on Ryan Seacrest now. Yeah, exactly. Because um, that's who's doing it now. Um so I think you're right. I think they probably aired that one first just to say, Hey, come watch the show. We've, we've re- retooled it and changed the title and, and made it more teen friendly. We're going to do teen stories. They're going to talk about the dance and zits and cheating on your history test and uh, stuff like that. Meeting girls. And um, so it's, I think you're absolutely right. Um, some of the more memorable ones from season one, at least in my mind, um, were the Casey Kasem one. I talked about, or uh, I talked about that. And then um, I remembered in my mind, the zit cream episode where they, they, uh, <laughs> Zach and Screech thinks they've discovered this, this uh, cure for zits. And, uh, but it turns your face red for a day after you use it. And, uh, so I remember, and then they, they he sells some to Kelly before uh, he realizes that it turns your face red, and then there's a whole big ordeal with that. Um, and then I remember, yeah, because she's running for homecoming queen. Yeah, yeah, and that's supposed to be the same day. And um, and then there's the one where where uh, Screech is having women troubles, and so Zach pretends to be a girl and talks to him on the phone every night, and then he wants to meet her, and it just turns into a whole whole thing yeah bambi (laughs) oh man uh (laughs) that's pretty it's pretty out there but it's really funny um i've forgotten how funny it was yeah i really thought the um interactions with um slater and zach when he was bambi was really funny and (laughs) kind of adult in the humor yeah you like kind of like wow would I'm surprised they were okay with putting some of that stuff on, on, you know, early morning TV, because at one point Slater does grab Zach's boob 
in the map. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I was kind of surprised at how adult it was too. Um, because it, they present it in such a campy Saturday morning kind of way. Um, and I, that's, and the only time I ever watched Saved by the Bell growing up, like, you know, I, I bought these DVDs when I was in high school. Uh, but the only time I ever actually watched it growing up was on Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. And so like, I wouldn't have known what to think of that if I had seen it then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, you know, <laughs> it's really, it's really crazy to think about. Um, what did you have any like stand up standout episodes for you? So when we we watched them in the order that they say that they aired, really, yeah. I was not a fan of the first several that aired. They, I, I don't, I was never really a fan of all the ones that were focused on Screech, and there was a lot in season <laughs> one. I yeah. thought, mm-hmm. um, but some of my favorites were um, the friendship business, um, which is episode eleven. Yeah. Where um, they they in their econ class um, with Mr. Tuttle, which I think it's Mr. Tuttle's only appearance in season one. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their friendship bracelets, and then they they you know Z- or Jesse Kelly and Slater um, become buddy bands, and then they do that really um, you know that commercial to um, attract people to get their buddy bands. Um, which was also kind of adult-esque when they were doing that dancing in it. Um, but I, that was one of my most memorable ones. And then when I was watching it um, to prep for this um, this episode, I noticed that in the, one of the scenes in the hallway, you can actually see, see a, a boom mic come into frame, which I thought <laughs> was pretty interesting, that I had never noticed before um, when I was watching it. Yeah, I didn't notice that either. And then um, another episode that I really loved was um, Mamas and Papas, which is episode 12, which so right oh, yeah. after where they get paired up um, and to be, you know, married couples mm-hmm. um, where Lisa develops a one day allergic reaction to Screech. So they can't be married any longer. <laughs> um, but I just thought that that whole concept was uh, was just pretty funny overall. And then um, I really, really liked um Save that tiger. Um, it was the um, oh yeah yeah with, prank. With the prank war with Valley yeah yeah and and the girls have the cheerleading competition and and all of that just um, you know was really was really fun to watch too um, but overall you know season one isn't necessarily my favorite season of Say by the Bell I think it gets its groove you know in the later seasons. Um, mm-hmm. And once it probably got in more of its popularity, but, um, you know, those were some of the ones that I thought to be, um, you know, more memorable from the first season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember, I have memories of the, of the married couples one from, from back when it was airing, um, or, you know, re-airing on Saturday mornings or whatever. Cause in 1989 and 90, I was, um, you know, a baby. So uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't born yet or I, I was born in 1989. So it was, uh, I don't really remember it airing, but um, I, I remember those two. And I remember uh, it's interesting you say that about Screech. Cause I remember that it seemed like they tried to push Screech as more of a serious character at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't really figure out that he was just comic relief until later. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and that's like, I mean, and then they even, when they did the new class, they even brought him back to work at the school because they're like, we're not really sure we can do anything and call it Saved by the Bell and not have Screech. Um, 
and and that's that's valid uh but i i think that early on they were trying to push him as as just as serious as the other characters and that didn't really work mm-hmm. and also when dustin diamond was just so much younger than the rest of the cast so yeah. I, I i looked up to just make sure to see how old all the characters were when the first episode actually aired and dustin diamond was 12 years old wow um mario lopez mark paul gossler tiffany Thiessen and Lark Voorhees were all 15. Mario Lopez would have been turning 16 in a few months. And Elizabeth mm-hmm. Berkeley was um, 17. So um, it, you could, and you can tell, he just does not look like someone who would be potentially in the ninth grade when these episodes are filming. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you can tell he looks younger than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, something else that, that struck me a little bit was um, I, I remember that, that Slater and Zach competed over Kelly but what I didn't really understand or that I I don't I don't know that I understood this then but now what I don't understand is why Kelly was just so like whatever about it like okay yeah (laughs) yeah sure I'll go with you now like what yeah she just like I guess she's just she's committed to taking it in stride but it doesn't really read that way. Yeah, and, and when we watch these episodes from season one, you know, Zach has some sort of plan and it backfires and then Slater ends up, you know, being the one that gets to, you know, go on the date with Kelly. But you don't ever really see the the relationship with Kelly and Slater ever develop. Like, you don't ever really technically see them dating as a couple. It's kind of like, okay, well, she's going to take him to the dance or or whatever, and then it kind of just... You know, and obviously because Zach and Kelly become a couple that they do, but um, it doesn't really go in any further than that. And, and then obviously that competition kind of stops after season one. Right. Well, you know, um, you know, spoilers for those who haven't watched Saved by the Bell before, but eventually Slater and Jesse end up together. And, uh, and, and it's at that point, it's pretty clear that they have chemistry. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that maybe they're just trying to figure out what the show is in season one because later on you know zach and kelly are the main couple people are rooting for them and then slater and jesse kind of pair off because they have chemistry even though it's it seems like they dislike each other it's kind of a like benedict and beatrice much ado about nothing kind of thing and yeah and they really do not have a whole lot of jesse slater interaction in season one aside from the episode when they're married to each other Right, and I noticed that, um, and so I, I'm. I know that as the series go along, you know, you discover things about characters, and I think one of the things they discovered as they went along is that Zach and Kelly make more sense because their characters are similar, mm-hmm. and Slater and Jesse actually have, you know, Mario Lopez and Elizabeth Berkeley have this insane chemistry. Yeah, um, um, something else that you may not know was. Um, originally there were only supposed to be five characters and Jesse was not supposed to be a character and Elizabeth Berkeley and Tiffany Thiessen both had auditioned for the role of Kelly and they liked both of them. So they created the role of Jesse. So I don't know if they didn't necessarily know what they wanted to do with the character as they were, you know, developing it. And mm-hmm. that may have played a part with the whole her and Slater and I having a lot of interaction because they were so focused on that triangle of Zach, Kelly and Slater. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, and that that happens with any show you know they say 
I've seen lots of shows do that where there's like, well, I, I want to put this person on and we'll, we'll figure out how to use them. And sometimes it doesn't work. Like, um, I don't know if you ever watched once upon a time, but uh, they had a once upon a time spinoff called once upon a time in wonderland. And the spinoff was not well received and ended after one season. And, but there was one character that everyone really loved on once upon a time in wonderland. And so he ended up being a regular on once upon a time for the next season. And that actually didn't work out. Like you could tell that they could never figure out how to use him on the regular show. Yeah. So he only was there for one year and then he left. Um, but you know, sometimes they do that and it's really successful and sometimes they do it and they really, it really isn't. And so this time, obviously, you know, nobody can imagine saved by the bell now without Jesse. So exactly. I think that it's just, uh, they kind of played those types against each other. They were like, well, well, we'll make Jesse a brainiac and, uh, Slater's kind of a jock and they're, they're kind of opposites at first, but they respect each other. And then they, that grows into something, you know, mm-hmm. Like Benedict, Benedict and Beatrice in, in Much Ado About Nothing, and it's it's very strange to compare Saved by the Bell to Shakespeare, but really, <laughs> you know, like when you talk about shows about teenagers and Shakespeare, they're really similar. Um, they're both like, you know, horny, uh, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Sorry, Grandma, um, and. They, they both kind of tell the same kind of stories, you know, the, these really human stories of, of developing, growing people. Yeah. Um, and they talk about Shakespeare in at least two of the episodes of season one um, with, you know, the, my, one of my favorite teachers, Miss Simpson, um, yeah. you know, does all of the William Shakespeare, um, you know, they talk about all the Romeo and Juliet, Hamlet and all that fun stuff. Yeah. And there's a, they put on Romeo and Juliet later, I think in the in the series um because I, I think there's they're actually like tryouts and they they do stage a full production of it if i'm not mistaken because i uh, i know i can't remember that but maybe you're right i know they do the reenactment where they're reading the play when the sub comes in in season one but i didn't know if they touched on it yeah well because i know there's this whole big thing about you know like Zach wanting Kelly to be Juliet and him to be Romeo, but I'm thinking that happens again later because I I have maybe I just wasn't paying attention when it, the there is a aired. yeah there is a episode where there is a like a costume dance party and it's right around the episodes when Kelly is like falling in love with Jeff at the max and Kelly and Zach are supposed to be going to that dance as Romeo and Juliet. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's probably what I'm thinking of. Um, so, I, there, so my point was there are more references to Shakespeare as the show goes on. Yes. Um, so I had one more thing that I was going to touch on. Have, have you ever seen the series, um, like the web series called Zach Morris's Trash? I have, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I haven't gone and rewatched the rest of the series yet. And, I, and I'm only familiar with Zach Morris's trash. I've not watched a lot of it. Um, but their, their premise essentially is that Zach Morris is a bad person, right? Like the things that he does, he's manipulative and he um, is only out for himself and, and things like that. And so what, what I saw in season one 
and like I said, this this may change in the future, and I just don't remember. Um, but what I saw in season one is is actually a character who was young and stupid, but cared about his friends. Um, you know, he he spent every night on the phone with Screech because he didn't want Screech to be to feel rejected, mm-hmm. and he um, came clean to Kelly about the zit cream early so that they come and he comes up with a plan to make it not seem so terrible to everybody paint their faces red. Um, and so, you know, he, it seems like he makes mistakes and he's, he's brash and stupid. Um, but he works pretty hard to make it right. Um, now that's just my opinion, but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Season one, Zach Morris, I don't, I wouldn't really classify him as trash. Like, in, you you see it more so in the later seasons. Yeah, that's um, what I figured. That he he's more um, looking out for himself than anyone else, and it's kind of like, oh, you know, that's just how Zach is. Everyone just laughs about it, and the episode ends. Whereas in these ones, like you were saying, he um, like even the episode where um, he's running against Jesse for president, it's only because he wants to go to Washington, Washington D.C. Yeah. Even though that trip is still on, he still realizes that he doesn't. Jesse really should be in that role and, and, you know, they hug and everything's happy. And then all those other examples that you said. Um, yeah, I think he gets, he doesn't start to get trashy until he's like a sophomore. That's fair. Um, I, I figured as much. And I know his schemes get bigger and bolder as the show goes along too. But yeah, uh, it seems like he, at least in season one, he's cares about his friends. Uh, mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, as a as a rewatch continues, I guess I'll uh, reserve judgment. But um, deep down in there, there's a good person. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, do you have any other thoughts about Saved by the Bell season one? Anything you want to mention? So, yeah, there's a couple things that I want to just talk about really quickly. So, you know, Zach's famous timeout where the world completely freezes around him. He only uses that one time in season one which I thought was interesting. Yeah, Um, I noticed that. It's in um, the episode um, Pin to the Mat, where um, Slater um, is thinking he doesn't want to be a wrestler anymore because it's career day and he doesn't know what he wants to do with his life. Um, So so Zach uses that, and that's the only time, which he'll end up using that a lot more, but I was just surprised that it didn't come up more in season one. Yeah, and I wonder if it, you know, like if it tested well, or I don't know how they got feedback on shows like that back in the day because there's no Twitter to be like, Oh, I love this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So I wonder if they showed it to a group of teenagers and they were like, Oh, this is really awesome. Yeah, definitely. Who knows? And then I noticed in the second episode, um, the Lisa card where Lisa, um, you know, maxes out her dad's credit card or spends $300 on it that Zach calls her dad, Mr. Turtle Lay instead of turtle. <laughs> and in the later episodes, she is, she does, she doesn't go by turtle Lay. She goes by turtle. So I don't know if that was originally what her last name, how her last name was supposed to be pronounced. And then they're just like, well, we'll just call her turtle instead. Um, but in the closing credits, it is spelled tur- like the word turtle. Um, huh. I looked after I heard that because I listened to it like three times to make sure that I wasn't going crazy when I heard <laughs> say it. Um, but so I just thought that was like something interesting that I noticed when just by rewatching these. 
yeah, I wonder if that was like a, just like a mistake that they couldn't get fixed. Because, um, you know, I could tell they didn't have much of a budget. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> when it started. Um, so, uh, you know, I, there's probably mistakes like that, at least. In, there's probably other ones, because you mm-hmm. notice the boom mic. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And some other stuff like that. I bet there's there's probably less of it going forward, but I bet in the beginning there's quite a bit of that because they're finding their sea legs and they have no budget. And um, so I wonder if if uh, you know Mark Paul Gosler just didn't know what it was or yeah changed it later, and that's the only one they couldn't fix. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, but who knows? Like that, that's really interesting. I I didn't notice that. And then another thing that I thought was funny, I don't remember what episode it's in, but you do see Kelly's room maybe like a handful of times in season one. I just find it very interesting that she, she mentions she's, um, she has, um, there's seven kids in her family and yet she has her own room and she (laughs) has her own bathroom in that bedroom. Yeah. Well, doesn't she have mostly older brothers? Isn't that... she might, I guess they didn't really address that, but I was like, wow, you have that many people in your family and you get to have your own bedroom and bathroom. That's really nice. Yeah. Well, in my head, I like, I've been wrong about a bunch of stuff already. So, um, you know, take this with a grain of salt, but in my head, she has a bunch of older brothers. Like she's the, youngest. Okay. um, which would mean that like her, bro- her brothers are probably mostly in college college, yeah um and you know it would make sense that she would have her own room because she's the only girl right Mm -hmm. like she has six older brothers yeah well i do know that in the later seasons they do we actually see three of kelly's siblings in the seasons one is uh, he's a little baby and i can't remember what his name is but they bring him they bring him to school the next one is an, an episode where like zach and kelly are going steady and the nurse, the school nurse comes that Zach falls in love with. She has a younger brother that dumps water on Zach's head. Okay. And you don't ever see him, you just hear him. And then there's the episode where they have that like teen hotline and her younger sister is there. Huh. So maybe she's like the middle child. Yeah. And one, like if there's a baby later in the show, like maybe her parents are still pumping them out too. Yeah. Um, like maybe That's there's true. seven, maybe there's seven in season <laughs> one and 10 by the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, true. <laughs> um, who really knows? But, and it's probably in, in saved by the bells case. I think it's more of a, we're hoping you don't notice um, mm-hmm. because of a, the low budget and all, especially in season one of all the changes that they they've made like since then. Yeah. Um, where they're finding their sea legs and they added Jesse and they added Slater and they did all this stuff to change up the series and, and make a new one. Um, I'm guessing that they're, I mean, I know there are continuity errors and so I'm sure that that's part of it too. Yeah, I agree. And one other thing that I thought was interesting was in the Screech's woman episode that we had already talked about. Um, Slater is talking to someone on um, the payphone, uh, and apparently they live in Italy. Oh, yeah. And, um, and apparently he is making that call around 3.30 because that's when Screech is supposed to be getting that call from Bambi. I looked, 
because I was just curious what time they actually would be in Italy if it was 3.30 in California, and it would be 12.30 a.m. in Italy. (laughs) I don't necessarily know if he would really be talking to someone about um, meeting them for lunch um, at that time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, probably not. Um, I just love those types of um, continuity or just those types of errors in a TV show that people don't necessarily think about. Those are the things that I love to point out when I like rewatch <laughs> something for like the 20th time. So. Oh yeah. I think that's awesome. Um, you know, and I used to really be obsessed. Like they used to really drive me crazy. Like I didn't, I didn't like them. Uh, but now I think now that I know more about what goes into making a TV show and, and what the processes are, it's more interesting to me because it's just like, Hey, you know, they said this, there's this throwaway line about Kelly's family, but then she has her own room. Well, you know, they decided that her having younger siblings worked better for the story mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. But, or they were like, Hey, we mentioned Kelly, Kelly's siblings before and we didn't say how old they were. Let's put some kid on the show here. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that stuff's always really interesting. Cause like, and then there's like uh, the Vince Gilligan's of the world who like, will take what he's previously written as the Bible. And so he yes. like, can't violate that in any way. Um, so I have to work around it. I have to write within the parameters that I've already given myself. Mm-hmm. So there's, uh, I, I, I think that's interesting too. So thanks for pointing those out. Hey, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, so do you have anything else you want to add? Um, what are your thoughts on um, the character of Max? Because he eventually dwindles out. Um, and I was never a fan of him um, being on there. I think they were still kind of wanting to be having a little bit more adult reliance like they were with the Miss Bliss episodes. And they didn't necessarily think that Mr. Belding could be the only adult that was in these kids' lives. Right. Um, I But... I, I'm not a fan, not a fan of the magic <laughs> tricks, not a fan of any of that and in these episodes. Yeah. So I know that Ed Alonzo is, he's a magician first yes. and an actor second. Um, so the way I kind of see it is what they were trying to establish is that Mr. Belding, essentially that they have two adults in their lives that are primary. Mr. Belding is a dork and Max is cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. But then they were like, wait, Teenagers don't think Max uh, think uh, magic is cool. Yeah. So they kind of shifted away from that, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like in uh, Boy Meets World, they eventually had three teachers that were series regulars. Yeah, um, that's true. But then they also had parents. And so, you know, there's that's a little bit of a different dynamic. But um, you definitely can tell, like, that they all respect Mr. Belding but that he, you know, like they're working hard to make him a dork. Um, <laughs> so, so that's, that's what it seems like they were trying to accomplish is that they're like, Hey, you know, the max max is cool. He runs this hangout that we all go to and you can tell that he, he gives them advice. Um, so that's, it seems like that's where they were going with it, but I know that he phases out. Um, although it, I guess we got to talk about, the revival that's coming up. Yeah, definitely. Um, so they did an onset video. Mario Lopez and Elizabeth Berkeley did an onset video and Max was in it. 
<laughs> I don't know if you saw that or not. Um, I I probably didn't. I was probably like, oh great. Um, <laughs> I did see the one where Mr. Dewey was was on set. Um, so really? I was to see that because um, he was also one of my favorite teachers. Um, yeah, and so I, I mean, I, I saw the one where they were um, where Zach was getting his hair dyed for yep. to to appear as doing his three or four episodes or whatever. Um, and it sounds like Kelly's going to be in one or two of those also still married to Zach, um, yes. which would surprise some people, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that, I think that's really interesting. Um, I think probably the most inter- interesting thing for me right now is that they've, you know, there's lots of casting news about it. There's the story sounds interesting. They've not said a word about, Mr. Belding. Mm-mm. They've not said a word about Lisa or Scream. No. And like, obviously if you're reviving a show like that, you want to avoid Dustin Diamond. Like he's at, he had so much in his personal life. That's like people know about, mm-hmm. like, I'm not really sure that I would want him on my show anyway. You know, like if I could get a cameo appearance, maybe, but I'm not sure it's worth it to bring him out there. Um, but like Lisa, she was uh, did a Wendy Williams interview or something and said that she was offended that she wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, obviously I think that audiences care most about Kelly and Zach and Slater and, and Jesse. Um, but it's, it's kind of interesting to me that for one, like they haven't even talked about Mr. Belding. Like, yeah there's no talks of a cameo from Dennis Haskins at all. And maybe we just haven't heard about it yet. Cause I hadn't heard about the max until they posted a video from the max set and Ed Alonzo was in it. Mm-hmm. And you would so, think if he was going to be on there that they would, you know, like, cause Dennis Haskins was part of the, the Jimmy Fallon thing. He came back for that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think it's, it's interesting and it's strange and it's, it's going to be weird to not have everybody, but it also sounds like a really interesting angle to bring the show back. And do you know how many episodes they actually were able to film before, um, you know, they had to stop production? I'm not sure. Um, they had to be at least, you know, the, the stuff with Zach was pretty early on this year and he said he was more like in the middle of the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I don't know how many episodes they were doing in the first season. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. So, you know, if, and it's, if it's structured the same way as the old one, just in that the stories are kind of one-off with a little bit of serialization, um, they could get away with airing whatever they've produced already. But I have no idea. I'd be interested to find out though. Yeah, we need to do our research. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it, that information may not be available. I mean, somebody may not have asked them or or they might have finished or they might just be in post and working from home. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Um, yeah, I, last year I was able to um, meet Mar Paul Gosler and um, Elizabeth Berkeley. They came to like a, comic, a local Comic-Con. Yeah. Which was really cool. And Mario Lopez was coming this year and that has since been canceled. And I was upset because I was going to, you know, ask him um, about the revival. Yeah. Yeah. I um, didn't have any Saved by the Bell stars come 
nearby, but um, I definitely would have if asked them if if they had been. Mine was all uh, the one that was canceled around here was all Power Rangers that I was excited. Oh, jeez! Yeah, I would have went to that. Amy Jo Johnson was was scheduled to appear in Indianapolis. Oh um, wow! And I was I have autographs from quite a few of the Power Rangers, and she's one of the last on my list. Um. So I was a little bit upset about that. They technically they've just postponed it, but I'm not convinced that the the new dates are going to happen either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Walter Jones was going to be coming. Oh, came to a Comic Con um, here in Detroit, and um, I was in Iceland, so I didn't get to see him. But I was like, if I had a chance between going to Iceland or, or meeting my favorite Power Ranger, I still was going to take Iceland. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Well, and Walter Jones gets around, so I'm, he will. Uh, probably cycle back in a few more years yeah and he's from detroit oh yeah um, so i so he's actually i he's been to the grand rapids comic-con and um so i would have envisioned he probably would be here sometime soon yeah i've uh i met him he came to indianapolis a couple years ago so um i was able to get i have a black ranger funko autograph by him oh nice so uh yeah i got a couple i've met both red rangers and both black rangers and uh, i have a white ranger and a green ranger that are both autographed by jason david frank and i've met um the yellow and pink zeo rangers and so the only ones i'm missing are the only living yellow ranger from mighty morphin karen ashley and then uh amy joe johnson i've met david yost also the blue ranger Jeez. Well, this is like a whole nother episode for us to just talk about. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we can do that next time. Yeah. That sounds good. Um, all right. Well, uh, that should wrap it up for us this time. Uh, thanks again, Tim, for coming on. Oh, no problem, Nick. I loved it. Um, it was great to talk TV. You know, it's one of my passions. So um, we'll be, you know, anytime you need me to come back, I definitely will make an appearance. Awesome. Uh, so if you, want to watch some of those shows uh rewind and listen to where we said you could watch them mostly on netflix and hulu um and if you want to follow tim what's your uh twitter handle oh my gosh uh uh, i (laughs) do not usually i don't use twitter as much as i do anymore um but if you want to follow me on instagram i am real.tim.shady85 on there great um and so if you want to talk the podcast, the hashtag Nick's infinite playlist is available. And then there's also, um, I put post these, most of the episodes in a blog on Nick's infinite playlist.com. So, uh, thanks again, Tim. And this is us signing off. Bye everybody. Thanks. Thanks.